Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles while you're still standing here. I know we've been... Actually, you know what? You may be seated. It's a blessing to be here tonight. I'm so thankful uh, for the conference. We were able to make it to Bakersfield. Amen. The ultimate test of a vehicle is that grapevine. Come on, somebody. We made it. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So uh, it's a blessing to be here. I'm excited to share the word Um, I know I was here a few weeks ago, and it was a great honor to have Pastor Ruben uh, dedicate baby Judah, and uh, it was just a tremendous blessing to uh, share the word, unexpected blessing, and um, I don't know if you guys remember or wrote down the five questions that we went over, and the first one was, you know, who am I, and then the second one. I think this mic's going to fall apart. Okay. The second one was, uh, where am I from? Right. And that was, where am I from? And, and next to that was the word source. And if we know our source, we'll be able to stay the course. If we know where we're from, we'll be able to get to where we're going. Come on, somebody. And a lot of times we think where we're from is our background We think where we're from is our past addictions. We think where we're from is the neighborhood we grew up in. Come on, somebody. And and our source is completely different than all of that. We have an origin. We have an original place, an original design of the Father, a place that he had that is our original source that we can get back to in order to get to where we need to get to. Come on, somebody. So I want to share a little bit. If you would look in 2 I'm sorry, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. I'm sure this is a memory verse for you. I'm sure you really know this one really well. Should be on the screens. If you can't find Habakkuk, it's right in between Genesis and Revelation. Take your time. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. It says, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now look at Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. This is a little bit easier to find. Come on, somebody. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was, and the earth was without form and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. Look what it says. And the Spirit of God moved over the face of the waters. Spirit of God moved over the face of the waters. Father, I pray you would open our minds and our hearts to receive your word tonight, God. Do what only you can do in this place, Father. We give you praise for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. This shows that before God 
created anything, he was already moving on the earth. God was moving. God was moving on waters. He was moving on the face of the waters. When you look down at water, you see a reflection of yourself. Of, you know, you, if you look down at a still pool, you see a reflection of yourself. So you can get a picture that darkness was on the face of the deep. The earth was without form and void. And the Spirit of God is moving over the face of the waters. And it's almost like a double portion God reflecting his glory on the earth, moving on the face of the waters. So before he created anything, he was already moving on the face of the waters. He was already moving on the earth, and he wanted to see his likeness and his image on the earth before he created anything. Come on, somebody. He was already moving on the earth and he was already seeing a reflection of his own glory, a reflection of himself. And he, once he was able to see his own glory, that's where he says, okay, let there be light in verse 3. Now he brings the light of the kingdom to the earth. He brings the light of the kingdom. How do we know this is the light of the kingdom? Because in verse 14 is where the sun, moon, stars, firmament, all that is created in verse 14. So the original light that he says, let there be light, was not the light from the sun. It was not the light from the stars and the moon. It was the light of the glory of heaven. Come on, somebody. So not only was God moving on the face of the waters, now not only was he seeing a reflection of himself, now in order, he knows in order to bring creation, in order to make some beautiful things, he needs the light of the kingdom. Come on, somebody, on the earth. Are you with me tonight? So now in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14, it says, oh, I should stay put probably right here. And okay, this, all right, I'm, I, I like walking around. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, I'll stay right here. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so in Habakkuk 2, 14, it says, for the knowledge, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So if you're taking notes, write down the word knowledge. And then right next to it, put the equal sign, light. Knowledge is light. It's one of the definitions of knowledge. The light comes on. Come on, somebody. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> Ignorance means darkness. So what, what the Bible is saying here is that the earth shall be filled with the light of the glory of God, the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. Now, what's the distinction here between water and sea? Because when I read this, I was thinking, water is sea. They're the same thing. What's the distinction how is it that the, the, the light of the glory of the Lord, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the waters as the waters cover the sea? So I started to think about it. What, what's the difference between sea and regular water? It's salt. Come on, somebody. So now we have in the scripture salt and light. So it's saying that the, the, the earth shall be filled with the light of the glory of the Lord 
as the water covers the sea. In order to do that, we need salt and light. Come on, somebody. Turn it to 2 Kings. We're going somewhere. Just shut me up when you want me to be done. Come on, somebody. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 19. This is, okay, so get this picture. This is Elisha's first miracle. This is the first miracle of Elisha after he gets the mantle from Elijah. His first miracle. Look at this. It says, then the men of the city, knock it off. Then the men of the city said to Elisha, please notice the situation of the city is pleasant. They said the city looks pleasant. But the water... Is not. And the ground is barren. Keep reading. And he said, Bring me a new cruise and put salt in it. And they brought it to him. Keep going. And when and he went forth unto the spring of the waters, that word spring actually means source. He went to the source of the river, and he cast the salt in there and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. Keep going. Verse 22. So the waters were healed unto this day according to the saying of Elisha, which he spoke. Are you with me so far? So Elijah gets the mantle. The men of the city come to him. The leaders of the city come to the man of God. They say, we know the city looks pleasant, but the water's bad and the ground is barren. We're not producing anything. The church looks good. (laughs) Come on. Everything looks fine in the church. But the ground isn't producing like it used to. And what happens is a lot of times immediately when we hear something like that, we immediately, our instinct is to work the ground. Immediately we think there's more work that needs to be done. We got to prepare the soil for harvest. We got to prepare the soil for seed and never deal with the water. Come on, somebody. Never deal with the source of the river. Are you with me tonight? And this is on a personal level. On a personal level, my, you know, I know my soil of my heart is right. I, I, I want to receive the seed of the gospel of the kingdom. I want to receive God. I want to walk in what God has called me to do. And for some reason, I'm just not producing the same results that I used to. As a, as a man of God, as a Christian, as a believer, I'm not producing. My marriage isn't producing. Something's wrong here. And immediately we think we need to work the land. And the prophet said, bring me a new cruise. If you want to write down that word cruise, equal sign, that actually means alabaster. He said, bring me an alabaster. Put salt in it. And he went to the source of the river. He poured the salt in the source of the river. And he healed the waters. He healed the waters. 
the beginning, the Spirit of the Lord, God was moving on the face of the waters. The earth was without form and void. Darkness on the face of the deep. But God was staying the course. Moving. He's creating a source. Understanding that there had to be a source of movement. An example of image. An example of identity. An example of reflection. That God would move and reflect his own glory on the earth under the light of the kingdom. Are you with me somebody? So now what happens is God, the the prophet sees that there's a problem. The land is not producing. He doesn't deal with the land problem. He knows that he has to deal with the source of the water. When God created you and I, he made us 80% water. Come on, somebody. You know, we're 80% water. Think about that. Some of us have more water than others. Thank you, Jesus. There's a purpose and a design behind everything. So he put salt in the alabaster. This is a prophetic picture in the Old Testament of healing the waters. Because a lot of times we go straight to working the land of a city. But we're not dealing with the streams of water and the flows and the different things that are happening, the undercurrents and the different things that are happening. And the water might just not be right. Are you with me? And, and so I went to a nursery, you know, the, where they have those plants, and was walking around. They had some $1,000 plants. Who in their right mind is paying $1,000? <laughs> it's just crazy. And so they have these plants, and they're in these, you know, and they got this treated soil in there nutrients and everything that it needs to keep those plants healthy and vibrant so when you look at them you want to buy them but they also if they stop there oh excuse me my voice we've been yelling all week help me Jesus okay let me take another drink come on stop there (laughs) if they stop there the I'm gonna get my voice back no I'm just joking okay so if they stop there the plants would die if they use just regular water. They actually have to treat the water in these big vessels. They put these chemical treatments in the water so the regular water supply doesn't kill these treated plants. Amen. And a lot of times we're like, man, I know the soil of my heart. You know, we, we hear about the soil and making sure our heart is ready to receive. And, and you know, I, want, I don't want stony ground. I want good ground, God. I want, you know, the good environment. The Bible says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. But there's something wrong with the water of our life. And it's killing the nutrients and the soil of your heart and your destiny. There's no flow anymore. There's no salt. Prophetic picture in the New Testament, the woman with the alabaster box. She brings the alabaster box to the feet of Jesus. She breaks the alabaster jar and it, the ointment fills the room. And one of the disciples you know, says, we could have sold that and helped the poor. Jesus says, she's preparing me for my burial. The Bible says, out of the lamb, and Revelation says, out of the lamb flowed the river of life. She was preparing the waters. 
So she didn't stop with the alabaster jar. The Bible says that she also covered his feet with her tears. What's in a tear? Salt. Some of us have no problem breaking the alabaster box. But somewhere along the line, we've lost our tears. We have no problem doing the brokenness of work and and working the land and doing everything that needs to be done and getting everything ready and, and planting and sowing and working and doing all these things. But there's no more tears in the secret place of your life. We're just dry in our prayer life, dry in the secret place. There's there's no real flow of tears anymore. Tears for the lost. Tears for our unsaved loved ones. Tears for our city. Tears for, come on, for our nation. There's no more tears. We have no problem being broken. We just no longer have the tears of intercession. Are you with me? So we have a source. We have a water source in our life. We have a source that we can get back to. In order to stay the course, I've got to know my source. I've got to know what God is doing. And he'll show you. He'll help you. He'll heal you. I was uh, meditating on a few things, you know, just thinking about, you know, salvation, the cross, the source of salvation, the work that happened there. And so powerful to understand what actually was happening in the garden. We talked about last time, Adam, the dominion that was given to him. There were three things that God said in Genesis 1.26. He said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let him have dominion. If you want to write that down, image, likeness, and dominion. And the Bible says that God breathed the living soul into Adam. When he breathed the living soul into Adam, he, he, he gave Adam the dimension of spirit. He was a living soul. It's a living soul. With that, he had dominion. He, had, he was in the likeness of the Father. He was in the express image of the Father. Image, likeness, and dominion. He was operating in dominion at that point. And God said, if you eat of the tree, you shall die. However, when Adam ate of the fruit, he didn't die. You notice that? So something died. Because God said there would be something that died. You'll die. See, because Adam was able to walk face to face with the Father in the cool of the day. The Bible says no man can see my face and live. So Adam, in, as he was breathed a living soul, the dimension of spirit, he was more spirit than flesh. Come on, somebody. And the only way that we know the, the abilities that he had is to look at the last Adam, which was Christ, right? Christ was doing all kinds of powerful things. Jesus healed the sick, raised the dead, cast out demons. He, he did all these powerful things. So he was an, 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 an example of the image, 
likeness, and dominion. Come on, somebody. So, picture Adam. He's a, a living soul. More spirit, able to walk face to face with the Father. He bites into the fruit. And the spirit just poof, dies. Now all he's left with is humanity. Human brain function. Come on, somebody. That's it. It's human brain. And his first thing, he, he's standing there. He's like, well, I'm naked. Hum, humanity. Humanity's there. First thing he does in, as a human is try to cover it from the ground. The same thing that from the ground covers shame. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your brain, your human brain, or my human brain, our human brain, is what helps us to walk, you know. It controls our central nervous system. We feel, you know, I can drink that water or eat a torta. Come on, somebody. My brain helps me do all that stuff. Come on now. Did I say it like a white boy? Probably. All right. That's okay. That's all human brain. However, the mind is the same thing for the spirit man. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your brain. No, it doesn't say that. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's why the Bible says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Set your mind on the things of above, where Christ sitteth at the right hand of the Father. Gird up the loins of your mind. So, when Adam bit into the fruit, you know, that living soul, the spirit, now all he's left with is the reasoning of a human brain. I've come to terms with operating in my mere human brain as bondage. <laughs> this human, humanity itself is bondage, man. And I'm like, Lord, set me free. Come on, somebody. So, check out the scripture. It's uh, the Corinthians one. Two. Yes. So it is written. Look what it says here. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Come on. That's heavy. So it is written, the first Adam was a living soul. He bit into the fruit, the living soul. If you eat this fruit, you shall surely die. Now all he has is humanity. The last Adam became a quickening spirit. The Bible says he became sin who knew no sin, that we might become his righteousness. Think about that. He became sin. He became sin. Who knew no sin. He never committed sin. He became sin. He became it. Past, present, and future. 
He became sin, who knew no sin, that we might become his righteousness to give us a source. Nicodemus was a religious ruler. Tells Jesus, what do I have to do to see the kingdom of God? What do I have to do? And Jesus said, well, you have to be born again. Nicodemus was a religious ruler in that time. He, everything that happened in the city had to go through the religious leaders. He was a man of stature. He was a man of power. He was a man of, of authority in the city. And this man, he, when, he ran things. Come on, somebody. How do we know that? Because the Bible actually names him as Nicodemus. If you were uh, a commoner, they wouldn't even put your name in a book like that. Come on, somebody. He was a man of stature, and he was a man of authority, and he went to Jesus and said, what do I have to do to see the kingdom of God, this kingdom that you're talking about? And Jesus said, you have to be born again. Even though Nicodemus was a religious ruler, all he had to reason with was human brain function. Come on, somebody. He said, well, how am I going to return to my mother's womb? All he could think about was it in the natural realm. How am I going to turn back, you know, what a, go back to my mother's womb? Human brain function. Most of the church today, especially Western culture church, is operated by human brain function. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Ten ways to grow your church. People pulling messages off of sermoncentral.com. Come on. Human brain function. No flow of the Spirit of God. It's just kind of. And, and it's all humanity. It's not supernatural. We're called to be on another level. Come on, somebody. Dimension of spirit. Dimension of spirit. So, Nicodemus says, how am I going to return to my mother's womb? He says, unless you're born of the water. He deals with the water first. And the spirit. You cannot see the kingdom of God. And a lot of people relate that to baptism, but what Jesus was doing is saying there's a source for you to go back to. There's a source that you know not of, and you've got to be born again. So Adam was a living soul, the first Adam, and the last Adam was a quickening spirit. you got to be born again. Jesus was paving the way for this born-again experience. We can set a picture in our mind where Jesus became sin. He knew no sin. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become his righteousness. He became it. And then what did he do? He took the penalty for that sin. We've all seen the passion of the Christ when he was beaten with the cat of nine tails. The Bible says that he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and by his stripes we are healed. 
We know that a transgression is something that happens on the outside. So he was wounded on the outside for the things that we've done on the outside. Come on, somebody. He was bruised for our iniquities. Iniquity is something that happens on the inside. Blood being spread on the inside for our iniquities on the inside. By his stripes, we are healed. And we know that every blood, um, every drop of the blood of Jesus, come on, we can apply that to our lives and understand that God wants to heal and restore us in power. He became sin, who knew no sin, that we might become his righteousness. He took the penalty for that sin. He took that beating. And now he's standing there. And they smashed that crown of thorns on his head. Part of the curse of the garden was that man would have to work in the thorns and the thistles in order to provide says that your provision will be in the thorns and the thistles a picture of that is when Abraham takes Isaac up the mountain God tells him to sacrifice his son this happened on Mount Moriah and he places the wood on Isaac's back a picture of the cross and he carries up the cross, and the father carried a knife and the fire. And they begin to climb up the mountain. And he ties his son to that altar. And he raises the knife in order to sacrifice his son. And an angel stops him and said, if you look in that thorn bush, God has provided a sacrifice for you. The curse that happened to Adam in the garden where his provision was in the thorns. God provided a fit sacrifice in the thorns. Some of you feel like you still got to work in the thorns. Come on, somebody. I'm just not making it right now. If I just take extra hours. You miss church, you miss your purpose, your position, and your post because you're trying to make it happen working in the thorns. Come on, somebody. And now we see a picture of Jesus with the crown of thorns on his head, breaking the curse in the garden and being that provision in the thorns, the sacrifice to break the curse of having to work in the thorns to provide. Jesus standing there with this robe and the crown of thorns on his head. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become his righteousness. Jesus stands before a crowd that said, crucify him. Let his blood be on us and our children. So they give him the cross, and he carries a cross down the Via Della Rosa. They lay him down on that cross, and they hit the nails in his hands and the nails in his feet. And they lift up that cross. Not knowing that when Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. That wasn't being lifted up in a place of stature on the earth. Jesus knew that he was referring to the cross. 
And as the blood began to pour down Jesus onto that cross and onto the ground around him, he became sin, past, present, and future. He knew no sin, but he became it. And he felt forsaken by the Father because the Father couldn't look upon what he had become. It wasn't of something that he had done, but it is what he had become in that moment. And on that cross, he said, it is finished. The Bible says he gave up the ghost. So not only did he take the penalty for that sin, not only did he die with that sin, the next thing he did is he went to hell with that sin. I can see him clothed in light, walking through the corridors of the kingdom of darkness with dominion. The image and the dominion and the likeness kingdom of, of darkness. What is this? And he steps in and he takes the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And three days later rises again in power. And he releases his spirit. The Bible says that in the beginning the spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. And now, because of sin, I was taken, it died. Bible says that the first Adam was a living soul. The last Adam was a quickening spirit. It died here. The quickening spirit. Dominion image, likeness of the Father. You may be saying, oh, I'm just trying to stay clean and stay right and just go to church. Jesus didn't die for that. He died. Come on. Jesus wanted to restore the image, the likeness, and the dominion into your life. Come on, somebody. He became sin who knew no sin. I just pray that your mind would be renewed. That my mind would be renewed that I would understand who I am as a son. You have power as a son. You have dominion as a son. Something's wrong with the water. The water of our life the land is right. The atmosphere is right. The kingdom, the light is there. But there's no more salt in our life anymore. There's no more tears anymore. The Bible says that God bottles every tear. Think about that. And we think God, you know, bottles every tear. You think that's the tears of your pity party, and it's not. I see him bottling every tear of intercession because he knows that's, that's, that's the healing, the source of the river. Come on, somebody. 
and he can heal the rivers of your city. He can heal the rivers of your marriage. He can heal the rivers of your family. He can heal the rivers of your business. He can heal the rivers of your heart that needs mended and your life that's dry. There's no saturation anymore. There's no saturation in our prayer life anymore. There's no tears. We've experienced brokenness. Some of us have been broken in a million pieces, but there's no tears anymore. We've got to heal the river. Jesus said, unless you're born of the water and the Spirit, The light of the glory of God, the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth like the water covers the sea. The Bible says that we are washed with the washing of the water of the word. Our minds renewed. Renew our minds. This helps us operation as kingdom sons walking in dominion. I just hope to encourage you tonight because we blame humanity on why we stay stuck, but it's not, it has no power. Jesus. He killed the power of sin. He died for it. He rose again. There's, sin has no power in your life if you operate as a son of God. Let's all stand tonight. Sin has no power. When Adam bit into the fruit, living soul, God said, where are you? Where'd you go? And he wasn't talking about location at that point. Because God knew where he was. He was talking about his positioning. His positioning as a son. His positioning of the ability to operate in face-to-face communication with the Father have been lost. He was, the first Adam was the living soul. The last Adam was the quickening spirit, is the quickening spirit. And I want to declare over your life today that God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost, the quickening spirit. Quickening spirit. He paid a heavy price. He paid a heavy price to quicken you, to bring life to you, to wake you up. To wake us up. Wake us up on the inside. Take us to the source of the river, God. Take us to the source of the river. With every head bowed and every head closed tonight, I just want to ask you, if you're here tonight 
and you've, you haven't been born again, you haven't received Christ in your heart, received Christ in your life, and that's you, you say, I want to receive Jesus. I want the quickening spirit. I want God to do something brand new in my heart and in my life. I need Jesus tonight. If that's you, would you raise your hand so I know who you are? God bless you. We're all saved. Thank you, Jesus. So now I want to call an altar call just tonight. And I just want to pray with you and believe you, believe God with you. And I want to pronounce a blessing over you. And, and I want to open the altars tonight that we can worship together. If God has spoken to you, these altars are open. And I just want to believe God with you tonight. Let's worship God together tonight.